Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the CCTB Coalition of Concerns of the Totally Blind meeting. We are a special affiliate that is under the umbrella of the Florida Council of the Blind, and we are comprised of mostly folks that have low vision or no vision. Although people, any, well, anybody can join um, if they are interested in blindness. So all are welcome to join us. Today, we are gonna talk about something that we usually do in the summertime. Summertime is just about upon us. I know here in Florida, we are definitely feeling the effects of summertime and um, it's starting to heat up here. So one of the things we do in the summer, some of us do in the summer, is barbecuing. And today we have with us two folks that are gonna to talk to us about grilling when we have these wonderful barbecues. They are gonna share with us some safety tips on how we can safely grill. And also hopefully share with us some easy, yummy recipes. So before I give them the floor, I wanted to mention one thing. If we could please hold the questions until the end of the presentation, that would be great. And one more thing I wanted to mention is we will be having a brief meeting after the presentation is over. So those of us um, don't hang up um, because we will be having our meeting. So without any further ado, let me introduce Chris Saga and Ramon Dukes who's going to enlighten us today with some good tips on how to grill. Go ahead, Mr. Chris. Good afternoon, everybody. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, as Patricia said, I'm, I'm Chris. This is Ramon. She should have said Master Chef Ramon because this guy's really, really knows um, how, to, how to grill quite well. But um, we're here today to, to as she said, to, to talk about grilling. Um, we, we just want to open up with just some, some safety remarks and um, some things like that. Grilling is something that it, it's one of those things, gang, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be complicated. It, it doesn't have to be something that you, you think in your mind, I, I, I shouldn't do that because I can't see. There, there's a lot of ways to do that. And there's, there's more than one way to grill. We have electric grills, we have gas grills, and we have charcoal grills. And you can, you can be successful with, with all of them. Um, one thing to keep in mind with anything kitchen related, and we talk about this at Lighthouse all the time, is, is safety, is, is of the utmost importance. And one of the first things, in my opinion, that, that goes along with safety or the or the the oven mitts, the long oven mitts. Uh, at Lighthouse, we use oven mitts that cover the entire arm. So, in other words, from your from your fingertips to your elbows. If if you're not comfortable around the oven or the stove or the grill or anything in the kitchen that, that generates heat, we highly recommend going and purchasing the long oven mitts, the ones that that protect your entire arm. Because a lot of times when, when, when people get burned, they don't burn the, the palms of their hands because most of us use small oven mitts. If you're gonna get burned, it's gonna be your arms that get it, you know, reaching into that oven or reaching over that grill. It's our arms that usually get burnt if, if that were to happen, but with the long oven mitts, I call them pizza oven mitts. The, the guys that, that cook the pizzas wear them all the time. You, they're commercially available. If you have your arms protected, then when you're, whether you're in the kitchen or whether you're at the barbecue, you, you can grill safely. And they come, in, they come in both cloth and silicon. You can get them in two different ways. And they have ones for your individual fingers or ones that are more mitten style. And when, when we're finished, if anyone needs to see anything up close, of course, we have, we have some items here. But that is going to be your number one thing with uh, safety and protection is, is, is having those mitts because 
then that just takes that element completely away of getting burnt because you'll be fully protected with, with that type of mitten. Oh, I guess I'm Ramon. Oh. <laughs> How are you guys? Uh, so we do have, um, like Chris said, oven mitts here uh, for, for display if you guys want to come up and look later, uh, both the individual fingers and the mitt style. But along with oven mitts, you know, when, when people grill on the grill, they, they're afraid of the open flame. Um, so we need reach. So we use long tools also. So long spatulas, long grill forks, long grill tongs. Uh, the problem with that is the longer it gets, um, the less control you have of the food, you know, the less tactual feel you have of the food itself because it's so extended out far. So I do have some tools here where you can reach your hand into the fire and not get burnt. So we have some finger tongs and some, um, a little silicone hand that you put onto your hand and grab your burger or whatever and flip it directly. Um, that way you don't lose any of that reach, uh, but you also don't get burnt by open flames. I did want to say we did have prepared uh, little shish kebabs for everyone, but we didn't have a plug, so we, don't, we can't cook for everyone today. So I hope you ate before you got here. <laughs> um, I did want to start with the electric grill because it's, to me, is the most direct way for someone to grill and still get that grill flavor. And you can do that indoors or outdoors. They make outdoors electric grills for benches. Um, it's no open flame. It's almost the same as cooking on a stovetop. So all the same skills you use on the stovetop, you would use on an indoor grill. Also, double-sided grills like George Foreman, quesadilla makers, all those type of things will give you the grill marks without actually grilling. Uh, which is a plus. And, you know, George Foreman, you never have to worry about flipping or anything like that. You just close it, you get both sides, you open it in 10, 15 minutes, depending on what you're cooking, and that's it. And a lot of people think George Foreman's are one-dimensional, that you only cook burgers on them, grilled cheeses and things like that. You can cook chicken, pork chops, steak, anything that you would cook on outdoor grill, you cook on that George Foreman. Or an open-faced grill, or sometimes they call it electric skillets. Um, those are really awesome also uh, for, for things like uh, indoor grilling, less smoke. The only thing you have to worry about about indoor grilling is controlling your grease. A lot of times those, those drip trays that George Foreman's come with are not big enough. Um, especially if you're like me, you have a big family, you're cooking for a bunch of people. Yeah, that thing is going to fill up and run all over your counter. And we all know how it is to have hot grease everywhere when you can't see um, you'll be stuck to the floor two days later, you know. <laughs> so, like we have here on display, I have a very large tray and a very large George Foreman, and I have it on the tray. Um, and then we need to monitor that. So as, as we prepare a, a meal, every time we take something off, we check that grease tray. We, we check our tray, make sure it's not overflowing before we put more food onto that grill. Um, Design a way in your own personal life to empty that. Now, with George Foreman, it's easy. You just pick it up and empty it or replace the tray or put it on another tray. Um, if it's outdoors, also easy. You can let it run off. Not too much because you don't want grease all over your furniture outside. Um, but I strongly suggest if you're using one of these grills, get a tray or something to put underneath and manage the grease. And if, if the hot grease scares you, gang... When the, when, the, when the trap gets full, you can move it to the side and just put an empty one under it. Let the full one cool and then move it. If you do not feel comfortable dumping that hot grease, just let it cool down. Put, it, put an empty tray under, let that fill, let your hot one cool, and then you can dump it once it's cool. So I don't know how much experience you guys have with indoor grills, but some indoor grills, including George Foreman's, come with on-off switches. Some come with, as soon as you plug them in, they're on and you unplug them, they're off. Uh, some come with settings as far as temperature. Um, obviously, the more money you spend, the better. Uh, I would like to have, if it were me, and I was visually impaired, I would like to have a George Foreman with a temperature gauge. I want to know what temperature it gets, rather than just plugging it in and it turns on. Um, I want to be able to control, because I would cook a burger at a higher temperature than I would cook a piece of fish on a George Foreman. So I would want to know what temperature, and then obviously you would label that per your vision or per your labeling skills. Because remember, gang, if, if you have, if you have a, let's just say a George Foreman that's, that's digital and you have no eyesight, when you plug them in, 
like any oven, it's going to come on usually at 350. And so what you would do is when, when, you, when you power the unit up, in your mind you think, okay, I might not be able to see the display, but the temperature is going to be at 350. Every time you hit the temperature up or temperature down, the appliance is going to beep, letting you know that the, the temperature has changed. And depending on what button you're pushing, you can, by counting the number of beeps, you can tell in your mind by listening what the temperature is without being able to see the physical number. So in other words, you turn it on, comes on at 350. I'm going to hit the up arrow five times, and that's going to go 360, 370, 380, 390, 400. And even though I can't see that number, I know what that is. Yes, normally, um, but it depends on, every, every device is different, but normally it's five to 10 degrees intervals. For instance, your oven would be five, you know, goes up by five. Um, most doors from us I've seen that had the option to, to um, change the temperature only comes with the knob and it says 30, you know, 350, 400, and you roll the knob around and it points at the arrow, um, which, is, which is, I think is better because you can put a bump dot on the temperature you use the most and roll the knob to the arrow which is the easiest uh, way to do that. Um, now, cleaning the George Foreman, again, if this was me, I would get a George Foreman with a removable Teflon plate. You know, so those, the heating element itself or the George Foremans are normally fixed, but they, usually, they do make some where you can remove the entire uh, heating element, uh, which is better, uh, because you can just throw that in the dishwasher or wash it by hand. That's amazing. Um, George Foreman is like the one we have now. Chris, if you can open that, yep. uh, just in case people see it. It, does not, it has a fixed grilling element on both sides, top and, and bottom. And it is actually better to clean those or wipe it down while hot. So I would unplug it, let it cool just a little bit for about, I don't know, five minutes or so. And then I would wipe it down with a wet washcloth or a wet sponge. Make sure your sponge is not wrung out. It needs to be, you know, soaking wet and wipe it down. Um, otherwise, your full wheel stick to the George Foreman. So that is a con of the George Foreman. It is not the easiest thing to clean. And usually, you know, because the next day it'll be sticky, you know, or greasy or whatever else. Um, so I prefer the ones with the removable uh, heating elements on both sides. I guess we can move on to propane unless anybody have any questions. Oh, save questions for the end. I'm sorry. Uh, the electric, one, one thing too is with, with an electric grill, it gives you the convenience of grilling inside. So if you don't own a grill or you don't have a backyard or a balcony or a physical outside place to go, you can grill in your kitchen. And there's a lot to be said for that. And consistent heat. There's no fluctuation in heat with electric. It is what it is. If it says 350 or, or it plugs in and turn on, it is what it is every single time. And the no flipping is, it's worth its weight in gold. <laughs> the fact that the both sides get hot at the same time and your hamburger is going to cook both sides together, especially when you're new, new at grilling and you're, and you're trying to get the, the knack for it, it. It's a real nice way to start because it's very easy to do. Now with propane, um, which I think would be the next level of difficulty as far as grilling. Um, if you use a propane stove at home, it's very similar. Um, you turn it on, you adjust the flame to what you want, and you cook on it. Uh, propane does have fluctuation in, in temperature because, you know, once grease hit the fire, it may flare up and all that because it is an open flame. Um, propane has a lot more control than charcoal. So normally, if a person who is blind or visually impaired is cooking, propane is the safer between coal and propane. I think propane would be easier, cleaner. Um, no ashes in your face, not a lot of smoke at all, um, and all the same tools apply. Your long tongs, your long forks, your long uh, spatula, your oven mitts, and all that. Um, and then there's cleaning. Uh, it all depends on the grill itself, but propane grills, uh, easier cleaning than charcoal, more cleaning than electric, I guess. I don't know. Um, you still need a wire brush if it's an outdoor grill. Um, they do make countertop propane grills. Um, I remember when Hurricane Charlie came through here in Orlando, my mom had one of those countertop propane grills with the little green can of propane you screw on, and we made everything on that thing. 
and had little wire racks on it. You scrub those off every so often and, and cook on that. Um, the mistake a lot of people make with grilling, even sighted people, is not greasing your, your racks. So a lot of times your food sticks to the rack itself or gets burnt and fall through. Before you grill, you should grease your, your racks. You just take a rag, fill it with oil, and rub it across all your racks. A lot of people don't think that works, but it actually does. If you cook a piece of fish on bare grill, it'll stick to it. But if you grease it, it won't. Um, so that's one of the things, you know, if you're visually impaired and you're trying to grab something and it's stuck to it, good luck. You know, it's going to burn up before you figure out how to get underneath it and flip it over. Um, always grill towards the front. If you can't see, there's no need to use the back of the grill. Um, keep it as close to you as possible, as close to the, the rim of the, the grill as possible. That way you're not reaching over fire, and that way you're not searching for your food. Grill in a grid pattern. Have all your foods in grids where you are most comfortable. If you're left-handed, maybe on the left side. If you're right-handed, maybe on the right side. If your food is delicate, like fish, and, it, and your grill does have a top rack, maybe cook it on that. It'll cook slower. It does not have any contact with the fire directly, but it's still cooking at a safe temperature. Um, if, if, you're grilling, <clears throat> if you're grilling a fatty meat, and I'm sure this has happened to a lot of you where, the, where excessive grease starts to drip and, the, and it starts flaring up and the, the fire starts getting hotter and hotter because the grease is dripping through, you can keep a spray bottle of water as you grill. If, if, if fire starts, if, you know, if the grease drippings start to burn, just a couple sprays with a spray bottle of water will get that calmed down. Actually, that's the one thing I forgot today. So I actually have a spray bottle that says Grillers King on it because Chris said I'm the chef, but I'm not, <laughs> not by any means. But I bought it because it was a novelty thing and, and I did. I use it for the grill. So um, that's a great idea uh, to keep that bottle. And that bottle also has a mixing mode on it because sometimes food dries out on the grill. So normally people moisturize it with barbecue sauce like me, uh, but you can't spritz it with water. Or uh, you spritz it with water to keep the flames uh, down. Now, with charcoal, you can do the same thing, but we'll get into that later because you'll get a lot of ashes um, with, with charcoal. But it, it does work the same, similar, very similar. Um, there was one thing I was going to say, and I forgot. You can... Um, what was it? Go ahead. I'll think if, about it in a second. If, if, you're, if, you're, if you're new to grilling, too, you, you can wrap your food in foil and put the foil rate on the grill in, instead of direct if you're, if you're starting out and you're a little uncertain about, about flipping or, or, the, or the burger patties breaking apart and falling through. Um, you know, sometimes when you're, when you're new and you don't make your patties real firm and you go to flip them, they can fall apart and fall through. But that's just something with time, you, you get the knack for that, about how to make that, that patty real firm so it doesn't do that when you flip. But you can always put things in foil Corn on the cob is a superb thing. And fish. And fish, fish to put in foil because it, it gives you a lot more control. And, you know, with fish, like Ramon said, fish tends to stick and it's a delicate meat. So if it sticks the teeniest bit, it's going to fall apart when you try to flip it. If you want a real recipe, you can wrap fish in banana leaves and cook it on the grill. Uh, but that's for another day. Um, I was going to say, I did forget also my talking thermometer. This is... I think essential if you if you are low vision and you want to grill have a talking thermometer nine times out of ten what happens with the grill is your food cooks on the outside but not the inside especially with chicken your food will brown over and look good on the outside but the middle of your chicken especially if it's a thick piece it'll be raw now for steaks depending on how you want your steak rare medium red that may be okay but for chicken that's not okay um, you need it cooked all the way through. And a lot of people take their chickens off too soon because they're afraid of it burning, especially on a charcoal grill. Um, if you have a top rack, it's good to move them to the top rack, but you need to constantly check your food outside the grill. So you take a piece of meat. I would say the meat that you think is in the center of the fire or closest to the heat, take that out, test it, and then see if it's correct temperature, and then test another piece that's further away from the fire and see if your grill has consistent heat. If you close your lid, nine times out of 10, your grill will be hot consistently throughout. If you keep your lid open, heat will escape, obviously, and you won't have consistent fire everywhere. Unless the propane will have consistent fire because usually the flames come up in certain areas. 
Um, so it would be more consistent than charcoal, but not as consistent if you was to close the lid, if that makes sense. And meat thermometers talk nowadays, gang. Yeah, that's what I'm talking when I forgot it. Best thing in the world. The office. Um, now, charcoal grill. Uh, some people, like me, really like charcoal. There is no such thing as grilling without charcoal grilling. Can't beat the taste. I, it's just, whether you use wood or the charcoal blocks, it is just the most flavorful, flavorful way of grilling you can get. They do make that artificial charcoal flavoring you can put over your food so you can grill electric, but it tastes like charcoal, but who wants that? You know, you want the, <laughs> you know, you want the real thing. You know, you want that smoke, you want that ash. Oh, well, I didn't say that, but, you know, <laughs> um, you know, I personally prefer charcoal grills. So I don't know if you guys watch that show called Tech, uh, Test Kitchen. So you can see I'm a nerd. Um, but there's a show out there called Test Kitchen. And the lady on there, one of the episodes was this. It was uh, all about grilling. And with a small little Weber grill, you could put exactly 16 charcoals in it and your fire will stay at 350, 400 degrees. Now. People like that, that's all they do. They go in there and count charcoals. I don't. I just, like the most of us, we dump our whole bag of charcoal in it. Um, if you have a large grill, I would say, this is what I do with the large grill. I keep the fire on one side. So I only put charcoal on one side. The other side of the grill is simply cold. That way, when I think my food is done, I can put it on the cold side where there's no direct flame. Yet, if I close the lid, it's still hot in there. But my food doesn't dry out by taking it out and putting it in the oven, like most of us do to keep it warm. That also dries your food out. Um, as you can tell, I grill a lot. Um, I also keep it in there and eat it the next day, too, because I'm a freak. Um, that whole um, spray bottle thing with, the, with the, the propane grill, you get a spray bottle to manage the fire. You, you spritz it with a spray bottle. Like I said before, it does work on a charcoal grill. But the moment you hit a hot coal with water on a charcoal grill, you will get a burst of ashes and a burst of smoke and flames. So... You make sure with, with those spray bottles that are made for grills, they have a nozzle on them that you turn it and it goes to spritz. It goes to direct shot. The direct shot is long. It's like that for a reason. So you can stand back and shoot it. Um, so don't be up close to the grill. If you wear glasses or shades because we normally grill outside, um, you may want to stay further back because it will fill up your glasses, your shades. If you, wear, if you normally wear a hat outside for your low vision, you may want to turn that around because you'll get smoke. Um, and ashes all in your hat and your forehead area. Um, and don't ask me how I know that. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, with the charcoal grill, it is totally inconsistent for the most part. The, most people are impatient. They dump their charcoal, they light the fire, and they put the food on. We normally can't see well enough to know when the charcoal turns white. Every bag of charcoal does have instructions on them, but even when we can't, could see, we don't read them. Um, so what I do personally is I get those match-like charcoals, the ones that, you know, supposedly are already lit. I don't like the flavor of those. I like Kingsford. So I usually get four or five of those match lights, and I put my charcoal on top of those, and I put one match light on top. So I light that thing, and then that will keep the fire consistent. You know, you put a match light, one of those, one or two of those match light in every corner and let the fire catch those. Once it catches those, then your, your charcoal is evenly dispersed. Also, make sure your charcoal is not too close to the, to the rack itself. Uh, make sure you have at least, you know, 12 inches or, or 6 inches or so from the rack itself. You don't want your charcoal touching or too close to your rack at all because all your food would taste just like ashes. It won't taste, taste like anything at all. Um, if you don't have lighter fluid, don't use anything else. A lot of people say, oh, I can start the fire with this or, you know, that or this. Um, napkins work well. A lot of people use a napkin to light the napkin and then throw it into the flame. If you can't see, make sure you can aim. Um, <laughs> what I do is I tie a napkin into a rope. I put it in the grill. I put the rack on top of the napkin. So the napkin is the tail end of the napkin is outside the grill. And I like that. Um, and you can hold that with a tongue and light it or hold it with your silicone um, hand thing and light it. Um, but that way, you're never throwing anything into the fire. You light it and you let it go into the fire on its own and it'll light. Wait about 15 minutes before you put any food on it. The reason you want to wait, gang, is because 
if if you if you put the food on too early, your food's gonna gonna taste like petroleum. It's because the lighter fluid, all that 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 lighter fluid and that starter compound has to burn off first. That's that's why if you can see the charcoal turns white, all of the um, all of that pre-light stuff is burned away, and now it's just pure heat. But if you can't see, like Ramon said, just just know what the directions are, know how long you're supposed to wait. So that you're just getting the heat without the without the lighter fluid burning still. Also, putting your food on too fast will kill your fire. You'll put your food on, and next thing you know, your food's not cooking because your fire died. And now you have half-cooked food and no fire. You have to start the process all over again. And it's never going to be the same. That first batch is going to be always brown. Then, by the time the fire starts the second time, it's over hot. You know, now it's too hot. Your charcoal is scorching everything, you know, you know to the to the to the rack itself. So be real careful with that. Be a little patient on startup. If you can see a little bit, you probably won't be able to see the charcoal turn white, but you may be able to see smoke. A good way to know if your fire is started, because once you put the lighter fluid on, it goes woof, right? And you lose all your eyebrows. Hopefully not. Um, <laughs> but you will stand back. You will let your charcoal go. Um, let it go for about 10 minutes and then close the grill. You close the grill, open the vents. Once your grill starts smoking, it's good. Um, I tell my wife that all the time, usually it's because she starts it before I get home. I say, don't put anything on it until the smoke comes out. Once the smoke comes out, you know it's an even fire. You open it up, you won't get that burst of flame from oxygen just hitting it because the vents were open, and you'll know your charcoals are hot every single time. Um, do not try putting your, hot, uh, your hand over the vent to feel the smoke because it's hot. It comes out really hot. So that, that's not suggested. But as a general rule, wait about 15 minutes anyways, and you'll know it, it's consistently hot. Um, now, the recipe is what we're all here for, right? Yeah. Now, I, uh, I looked up a lot of stuff. And with the time we have, I said, you know what? Skewers are the best. So I saw this at these big stadiums. Um, you know, big stadiums do things like pork chops on a stick. So they get these giant skewers and a full-size pork chop with the bone, put it on a skewer, and put it on the grill. If you have no vision, that is the best way to grill. You put your food on a skewer, on a long extended skewer. These are just standard, but you can get them longer and thicker. Um, skewer your food, put it on the grill, have your skewer outside the grill. That way you just grab the skewer and flip the food. You never have to reach in it for with the tongs or the fork or your hand or anything like that. It's a lot easier to like find that. it too. A lot easier to find it. You can even close the lid on top of the skewers um, to hold them in place, remove your lid, and just flip the food. Um, this is the easiest way to, to skewer. Then you just eat your pork chops like a popsicle. <laughs> like eat, like, I, like what I do. Um, you can do the same with hamburgers, but it all depends on the type of meat you have because hamburgers are notorious for breaking apart. For those of you who buy cheap burgers, um, I'm one of them. Um, and if you make homemade hamburgers with ground beef and you skewer it and try to flip it that way, it won't work. The skewer would just, would just turn. Um, they do make grill racks with, ha with handles. So I don't know if you guys ever seen a double-sided spatula, but it's similar to a double-sided spatula, but it has uh, uh, it's like a rack. You put your hamburger on it, you put it on the grill, and you just flip it over. You know, you flip it back and forth. Um, those are also very handy to have because you can put all foods in that. And it works just like the skewer, except for hamburger skewers don't work. So that's a very good idea if you want to invest in that. Maxi has them. And then everywhere they sell grill supplies has them also. Um, Chris, that's it for me. Well, unless we have questions. So like Ramon said, there's, there's so much to be said for the, for the double-sided skewer, or the, um, the double-sided spatula, because when you, when you can't see, have you, I'm sure... I'm sure many of you have dropped the burger by accident trying to flip it. It's the worst. But the double-sided one locks it. it it's, got a, it's, got a, um, it's got a spatula on both sides, so it sandwiches the meat between both pieces of metal mm -hmm. and lets you easily flip it. I like, too, if you're going to cook burgers and you can't see, having just one row of burgers. Because I know from experience when I do two rows of burgers, I'm trying to figure out where the back row is. And then I can't figure out if I flipped where I am, like which one got flipped, which one didn't. But with a single row, 
it's a lot easier to keep track. Same thing with hot dogs. See, a burger, at least you can find it. A hot dog will roll off your grill and your squirrel will eat it. Um, <laughs> so make sure, yeah, make sure your hot dogs are close to you and keep them in one area. Also, keep an eye on hot dogs. They cook really fast, especially if it's real meat, you know, because they, just like burgers, the grease leaks into the fire and they, it, it, you know, a hot dog can turn from a hot dog to a piece of charcoal in like 30 seconds. Um, so keep an eye on those. Hot dogs, remember, are already pre-cooked. All you have to do is kind of warm them up. They're a good one for the top rack, too. Yes, they are great ones. If you have a top rack, I would suggest keep them on there. I also was just not closing the lid on hot dogs. Grill with the lid open with hot dogs. Because it's quick. It's like going to happen real fast. You roll them around a few times, and, and that's about it. You may not even have to let it go with your long tongs. You just hold it, flip it, and it should be done. Um, but to try to find two or three rolls of hot dogs on your grill. And if you're one of those people who think you're smart and you turn your hot dogs vertical the same way of the, of the grill racks, they will slip through. You know, they'll fit at first and until they start cooking, then they'll fall through. Uh, so don't, don't try that either. You know, just, oh, I'm going to just count the lines and just put a hot dog in each line. And then you'll have five hot dogs and you start off with ten. Um, I was one of those people, obviously. Um, a lot of this stuff I've personally tried myself, so, um, and I have low vision, if you, if you didn't know, I have low vision myself also. Um, I never worry about charcoal whiteness because I just wait. I, learn, I just learned to be patient with it. Um, and I've never worried about losing food because I've lost enough food. So now I know to keep it minimum as, as much as possible. Um, things that take a long time to cook, like chicken and stuff, I may put towards the back. And I rotate those every so often. But my hot dogs, hamburger, and stuff, especially if you got hungry kids, you can get those done five or ten minutes, get those out, and then just focus on your longer meats. Uh, pork chops also cook very short. They don't take very long at all to cook pork chops on the grill. And in the summertime, when you get fresh corn, you can cook the corn in the husk. You don't have to pull those leaves off. The best thing, just leave it. We got a fan back there. Leave it the way it is and just put it right on the grill, leaves and all. Cook it and then, and then peel it. It keeps all the moisture in. It's so good. <laughs> so there are, there's two other things I wanted to say. Uh, you know, with the uh, spritzing the fire out, you also can use, I heard a comment about beer. You can use your beer to put the fire out. Some people like that um, on their food. That's how my dad grills, you know, he doesn't have a water bottle at all, but he always has a beer and he, and when the fire gets too hot, he puts it right on there. Um, one, yeah, exactly. One for you, one for me. Um, and for those of you who have kids, the alcohol burns off before even, you know, you just get the flavor. Um, and another thing is stay hydrated. A lot of times what happens is you're grilling outside in the heat and the, the, the heat from the grill itself is further dehydrating you and you never even know it. Um, so then at the end of the day, you realize you're really tired, but you only grilled two pieces of meat. Um, so make sure you stay hydrated while grilling. Um, never go too long without taking a drink or taking a drink before you grill. And I mean water, not beer. For those <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, keep hydrated. That way you don't pass out. Also, keep your grill in an area where you know it. Um, so if you have to make a little barricade with chairs around it, but if you're visually impaired, and you have to leave your grill for any reason. You have to go to the bathroom and come back. You have to prepare food and come back. You need to be able to get back to the grill without physically touching the grill. You need to be able to get back to the grill area without physically touching the grill. The grill itself will be hot. Um, so make sure you set yourself up in an area where you, maybe you bump a table before you get to the actual grill. You know where your handles are and, and everything else. Um, and you know, um, when Ramon was talking about skewers, you can really have fun. You really can have fun with them. Um, you can put anything in the world on the end of those sticks. Pieces of fruit, meat, peppers, any kind of vegetable. Use your imagination. Um, shish kebabs, I guess, is the, is the word. Where you just, you just think of creative things to put on. And because everything is on a stick... It makes it so much easier, gang, with the, with the visual impairment part because you're just moving the sticks. You're not having to physically find anything and flip it. You just grab the stick. And the same thing works for like a rack of ribs. For those of you who want to cook like a whole rack of ribs, I would suggest you skewer both sides and flip it, you know, 
on both sides because trying to grab a rack of ribs on one side and flip it, you know, if it breaks or um, it's too long or too high or you just don't have the room. So to have control of both ends of the skewer, uh, if not, if not for any other reason, but to know where your food is, you put the skewer in it. Um, that way you can use those as reference points to exactly where your, where your food is on the grill itself. Um, and then the last thing is cleaning your grill. A lot of people just get your charcoal and you throw it in the yard and it's food for the grass, right? Then you have a big dead spot of grass. Um, make sure you dump it properly um, or clean out your ashes properly. It does go in a dump. Um, so I, I would not personally throw it out in the yard, um, but a lot of people do. Um, I bag mine and throw it in the trash um, for a lot of reasons, but mainly because I don't want dead grass, you know? Um, it's always a good idea to clean out your grill before you start again with these charcoal grills. A lot of people let the ash stack up in their grill, but your, 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 your fire needs breathing room. Um, your coal needs breathing room. And if you let too much ash build up in your, in your grill itself, then it'll take that much longer to start the fire every single time. Instead of waiting 15 minutes for it to get white, you wait 20 minutes, you wait 30 minutes, you wait 45 minutes, especially if you left your grill overnight and then it rained and then now you got muddy ash in there. It takes, exactly, ugh, and your food tastes like that, you know, over and over and over again. Um, so clean all that old ash out, don't be lazy, um, and then put new charcoal in it as much as, I do it like every two times, not every time, but you know, I don't let it build up too high before I grill. It's a lot easier too to clean your grill when it's hot or when it's before it gets cold, cold. Like the, mm -hmm. if you're going to use your wire brush or, or to scrape the grill, it's a lot easier to do it after you're finished than the next time you grill and it's had a chance to cool and harden. Also, this is Florida. So we do have rules about grilling outdoors. Theoretically, you're supposed to be a certain amount of feet away from a, a building. I'm not going to tell you what to do at your homes. But, you know, you're supposed to be a certain distance away from a, a structure. Uh, you know, you, you're not supposed to have certain things around the grill to, you know, inhibit you from getting away from it. But we all know those rules, hopefully. Some people grill right under their carport, you know, or whatever. You're not supposed to have an overhang over your grill when you're grilling either uh, because the soot would get up into your overhang, whatever it is. Uh, so make sure you keep safe distances. Make sure you put your fire out before you leave. Um, we don't want any embers uh, burning anywhere. Uh, you guys all know those Florida rules about fires and everything else. You know, if too, if you grill at the beach or you grill someplace, they make a disposable. Um, it's got the charcoal. Uh, it, it's a it's an aluminum it's an aluminum tray with charcoal in it and a grill on top, and you you light it. You wait your 15 minutes. You grill on it, and then when you're done, you throw the whole thing away. And that way you're not, you know, you don't have to carry around um, greasy equipment, hot, dirty things. You just, the whole thing is, once you're done, it's the whole thing is done. you take questions? Yeah, do you guys have any questions about anything we talked about? I don't know how many people, if anyone is in the room, but um, I'd like to start to see if anyone has any questions that's in the room first. We have one in the back, and I think I see a hand up front, but in the back. I don't know. I can't see you, but I know you said over here. Go ahead. Yep, go ahead. <clears throat> well, thanks, guys. This is uh, really great. I'm going to be moving in about a year to a place where I can actually have a grill, so I'm really happy about that. Um, I'm the guy that likes to have grilled meat and a cold beer. But uh, anyway, so two quick questions for you. Uh, Name's uh, Ray Campbell, for those who don't know me. One is, um, with propane, uh, do you have a good way for, if you're blind or visually impaired, to check for any possible leaks or anything like that? And the second thing, you talked about cooking hot dogs. Uh, does the same principle hold true for brats? They cook fairly quick. So um, I like broths too. So the thing with sausages is, the, uh, one, you know they're done because they usually split in half when they're, when they're fully cooked um, sausages. Uh, depending on the type of sausage it is, it may cook faster or slower. Um, but I don't know, you know what type of sausage it is, whether it has a casing on it or not. Um, if it does have a casing on it, it will melt to the, to the sausage itself, and then you'll be eating like string. I, I wouldn't suggest that. Um, 
So make sure you get broths meant for the grill rather than ones you have to take off the casing. Um, how you check for releases, I would get a professional to inspect it, is what I would do. I would get a professional to come out and inspect, um, and you can get propane delivered, that, that person who delivers propane, I would get them to come out and inspect it, because even a sighted person misses, misses that type of stuff. Uh, that, that's not a vision thing at all. I also want to say, since you are new to getting a grill, or you're going to be getting a grill, make sure, and I just learned this literally like two weeks ago, make sure you buy the display model grill, not the one in the box. If you buy the one in the box, you're going to have to go home and put it together. But you can buy the display one, and it's already together. And it's together the correct way. Uh, my grill right now, the, it has a beer opener on it, on one of the legs, but it's backwards because my wife didn't read the directions. So we have to open the beer from underneath the grill instead of in front of the grill like it was meant to be because we put the leg on backwards. Yeah. So make sure you get the display model, and it, you'll know it to be put up correctly. We had a question up front. Okay, go ahead. Any other questions? Okay, so let's see if we have any hands raised on Zoom. Hi there, we do. Um, area code 314, you can unmute and ask your question. Uh, yes. Uh, my, my name is uh, Rick Belcher. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I've been listening to your stuff. Uh, I, I'd say for myself, and I just started just a short time ago. Uh, I started doing, I have one of these indoor grills, which is a George Foreman grill. And that's really one of my best, <laughs> best things that I've had right there. My late wife used to have one. Uh, one that she had, that thing was, well, I never cooked on it. I uh, cleaned it and stuff like that, but she cooked on it. That, that thing was in so many parts that they ever had. But like I said, for myself, uh, just speaking for myself, I'd say that George Foreman's a pretty good grill. I agree. And she must have one with the removable elements. That's why, why it has separate parts. I didn't even think they had grilling season in Missouri. But uh, we're, we're here in Florida. Um, but I, I, I can imagine why you do indoor rather than outdoor, whether you're vision impaired or not in Missouri. Um, I, I guess in a cold state like that, I, you, you, your food may freeze before you even bring it in. I don't know. <laughs> I guess no, then. Sorry for you northerners. Go ahead. Next question. Okay, let's step back over to someone in the room. Does anyone in the room have a question? And don't raise your hand. I I can only see about the first two rows. <laughs> I think not. We're ready to move on. No hands moved? Okay. So how about on Zoom? Anyone else have their hands raised, Mika? There's no one else with their hand raised on Zoom. Oh, perfect. Okay. I mean, I'm ready for questions if you want. <laughs> okay. Oh, there is one person with their hand raised on Zoom now, if you want me to take I that one. Oh, yes, ma'am. That, that always happens as soon as we say there's no hand <laughs> raised. Of course. <laughs> I, have one, I have one here, too, up front. Okay, so we'll, we'll do the one on Zoom first, and then we'll, we'll go back to the room. Okay. Doug? Okay, yes. Can you hear me now? Yes. yes. Okay, good. Uh, question I have, uh, either remote or, or Chris or whatever. Um, what is your thought about someone putting a foil on top of the rack to keep things from falling through the rack when you're grilling, uh, especially outdoors? Won't work. So the rack has slots in it for a reason. The, the, the fire has to breathe. If you completely foil the rack itself, your fire will never start. And I can promise you that. Um, so if you're going to do that, I will take that long grill fork and poke holes in the foil every so often. Um, otherwise, you would never have a fire. So I, a lot of people do that with outdoor park grills, those grills that are fixed into the ground at parks. People come in and they wrap the whole thing with the aluminum foil. But those park grills don't have a front to them, so that's how air is getting to it. Okay, that's that's the, that's the reason I asked that question because I've seen uh, I've seen that in the past, and I was curious why people did that. Yeah, people do that because they didn't they don't think the park grill is sanitary, you know, because birds poop on it, and you know you don't know what's at, at a park grill. So people cover it completely with aluminum foil, but that works only because the, the front of the grill doesn't ha it doesn't have an opening, so it's, it's just open. But if you do that on a standard grill, the, the fire would never start. Okay. 
You may want to check at your local stores like Walmart and that in their uh, grilling section. There's all kinds of things other than just the basket that flips that they offer and they're not really that expensive and that would assist people with impaired vision as well. I totally agree. Also, um, they do make an outdoor grill pan for those outdoor grills in that same section at Walmart. They make a pan that sit that has holes in it that you sit on those those park grills. Um, you put your you let it get hot first, and you put your food on it, and that way your food has no contact with the rack itself on those park grills. Okay, are there any more hands either in the room or on Zoom? There are not. Okay, so really quick, Ramon, I want to ask a question. You know, we have many delicious marinades that we could buy at the grocery store. Um, but I was wondering, do you have a special mixture that you like to make up on your own that's kind of homemade that you use? Oh, I just made it before I got here. So I use a sweetened chili. There's a sweetened chili sauce you can get out of any store. And I put adobo with it. And I put... Uh, there's a, uh, a seasoning, it's, it's called grilled charcoal flavor. It's just, it's in a bottle and you dump that in it to make it taste like the grill. Um, and then I put black pepper in it. Uh, I put lemon juice in it. Uh, lemon juice on the grill, by the way, is amazing. And then I soak my usually chickens in that overnight. I just put it all in a Ziploc with the, the, the sauce, the sweet and chili sauce, the peppers, the lemon juice and all that in a Ziploc bag. And then I, uh, the next day, I would grill it on a skillet at my house, you know, on the stovetop rather than outside on the grill. But it tastes like it came outside. Excellent. Uh, I, we did have a comment in the room back here. Okay, very quickly. My comment is just, um, I, I love skewers as well. And I was going to mention that um, you can buy skewers that have actually two sticks running the length. And I find those much easier to use because that way, you know, if you flipped it, you know, 180 degrees and, you know, also like if you have grilling shrimp or something else around, it doesn't keep slipping around. Excellent. Thank you for that comment. Okay, Ramon, we're going to go ahead and let you go. I want to thank you very much for coming out today. Um, I know that Chris had to leave early. Please extend my thanks to him as well. And um, wonderful information today and appreciate it very much. And thank you so much again. So, uh, Mika, I am yes. going to see um, who is on here. Um, I would like, and by the way, I, my, I know my members are here, but anyone else who would like to stay and listen, please feel free, will, please welcome to do so. Um, my members, the CCTV members that are on the participant list, you want to go ahead and raise your hand so Mika can unmute you. And if you're on the panelist side, you can actually unmute yourself. Right. And yeah. I know so Katie's here and Doug is here. And um, the people I unmuted, um, the last the last three numbers are 383 and 185. You have both been, you both need to unmute yourselves. Okay, very good. All right. Okay. Uh, so there's no more hands raised at this time, Mika? Not at this time. Pat, I'm here. This is Irene. I'm here, Pat. Delora. You really have to hurry. It's 3.53. Barbara, are you on the call with us? Okay. Um, Anna Lee, is she on here? I do Anne see Ann Lee, so I can okay. get her unmuted. Yeah, because she's... She Ann Lee, if you unmute. could unmute yourself. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and... Because we only have five minutes here. And to be honest with you, we don't have a lot of our members here. So I'm not even sure if we need to have, we don't this have a meeting. quorum. We don't, we don't have a quorum right now. And we don't have our treasurer. So um, I think what we'll do, guys, is dispense with the meeting for now. And we'll just have to take it up in, um, let me see, when is it? June, July, August, what? I think August is our next meeting. So um, I guess that's what to have to do for now. I'm really sorry. I thought we'd have enough people on here, but it doesn't look like it. So. Are there thanks. any in the room? 
Uh, any CCT members in oh, the room? Oh, that's true. Are there any CCTV members in the room? Say your name, please. Jason is oh, here. Oh, Katie. Katie, you're there. Katie too. is here. And Jason. Yeah. Jason. Oh, anybody anybody any other CCTV? Nigel Reichards. Oh, yeah, he's okay. Right. So we have right. three three in the room. Anyone else in the room? No. Okay, so that's three in the room. And I want you guys on the phone to say your name so we can count. I know Irene is here. That's four. Nigel, I'm a, uh, Irene is four. Dolores, five. Doug is on the phone. Doug, Doug is here. Doug is six. You're seven. I'm seven. Katie's eight. Katie's eight. I believe, isn't it quorum 25%? Yeah. Yes. So, so I we're, think we're, so I we're think okay. We're I think we're good I think you're go. good, Pat. Okay, so we really need to get off by four, and we got four minutes. Um, okay. The only thing we could do at this point is approve the minutes. Has everyone got the image, the minutes that was emailed to you? I move, the, I move we approve the minutes as emailed. Okay. Second. Thank you, Pat. I second. Second, second. okay. Thank Are you. there any questions? Are there any corrections or, dis or additions? It was None? two years ago, so I don't think. <laughs> That's true. Nobody's going to remember. How, but right. Anyway, um, okay. Can I, all in favor? Aye. 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 Any, anybody opposed? Okay. So Thank we you. can't, Thank we you, can't have, we can't have a treasurer's report. So we'll dispense with that. I don't think I motion, need a motion to do that. Do I, Doug? No, you don't. Because you can just give it to a uh, for, for audit. Okay. All right. We'll do that next time. Okay. So that's it for now, guys. Thank you for coming. I appreciate it. One Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Pat. All right. Everybody. It was very interesting. Thanks, I, I hope you. Thanks, I hope you. Nice I hope program. Pat is trying to get your attention in the room. Hi, may, this is Katie. May I say something, please? Sure. How does a door prize sound? Yeah. I think it's a good idea. Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's so do it. our door prize this time was donated by GDUF. It is a $25 gift certificate to Walmart, and it goes to Kathy Salemi. Oh, she's a member. Good. I'm pretty oh, sure nice. she's a member. Oh, my goodness. She's a CCTV member. But she's not in the room. No, but she's still a oh. member. So. Do they have to be? They don't have to be in the room, do they, Katie? No, they don't have no, to be present to win. No, they do not need to be present to win, either okay. in and, the room or on Zoom. And tell me the name again, because Joel Kathy was jabbering in my ear. Oh, Kathy. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Well, thank you guys. I hope you enjoyed the program thank today. Thank you. I'm sorry. Thank I you, got, I'm sorry. I got a rough start. I had trouble logging in with Zoom because of my internet, but I made it. So anyway, that's okay. You, you did all, fine. You did. Be back at seven. 